G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might appreciate that people who live in the outback are often isolated by more than just distance. It's often hard to get to the nearest church and in really isolated communities, there's often a reliance on a pastor to either fly in or make a marathon drive for special occasions. Our conversation today is all about special occasions in the outback, church services, weddings, funerals, baptisms. And our special guest, Pastor Liz Howland, is back with us today. Her ministry is called Ray of Hope. Liz's family was at the forefront of stud and commercial cattle breeding, and some of her siblings remain in those industries today. And so for many years, Liz worked tirelessly alongside her husband, managing and owning cattle properties, She bred stud cattle and horses, raised four fine sons. She's faced floods, droughts, bushfires, slumps in the cattle market, bankruptcy and divorce. She's been there and done that. And her passion these days is to see our nation come to the life-transforming knowledge of Jesus Christ, to convey the message of God's life-giving word, the Bible, as it is relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago and how to practically apply God's principles in everyday life. Talk about those important things that happen in our lives day to day. Hello, Liz Howland. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. It's so nice to be back. Thank you. Liz, I know now you're just gearing up for a three-month marathon journey. Uh, I guess you're moving throughout into Western Queensland, and you're going beyond the Queensland borders? Yes, I will be. Okay, into the well, Northern Territory. Into the Northern Territory. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when we talk about these things we're going to discuss today, weddings and funerals and baptisms, uh, these sorts of things, they're just not available for everybody living in isolated communities because it's sometimes very hard even just getting a pastor to come to a nearby town. Really important, the work you're doing. Well, Neil, sadly, back in the olden days, I will say, there was a church sir, churches in every little town and a lot of them are empty and not being used at the moment because they can't support a pastor in their district. And so uh, there's a great need for someone with that understanding to come out to do these very important things that they value so much. I mentioned sometimes when communities are really isolated and in earlier conversations on this program, we've had people who actually fly in with their aeroplane and arrive at massive big sheep and cattle stations and they're just so far from anywhere. You can only really get there in any uh, more ease way by plane. But but you're actually about to embark on a three-month driving journey and that actually gives a little bit more intimacy, a little bit more time, doesn't it? It certainly does. And as I just drive, I'm praying and I'm asking God, Lord, where are the greatest needs? Lead me down those roads where the greatest needs are that I may be able to even see people be pulled back from the brink of suicide and uh, despair and discouragement. And he so graciously leads me to those ones. They're roads less traveled. They're often very rough roads. They're very isolated roads. And they're in the most 
unimaginable places sometimes. When you turn up at a, a large farming opportunity, whether it's a, like a sheep station or it could be a cattle station, could be people who are uh, uh, growing all sorts of crops, uh, it's not only a family that is a part of that, but there's also lots of staff in all sorts of different areas. And I imagine that when you turn up at some properties, it's, it's like a it's like a small community all on its own. It, it, it certainly is it's like a small community. And you'd be amazed at the number of times I've turned up at these places and the owner will say, you're just here at the very right time. There's so many needs on this property. And they facilitate me being able to have one-on-one time with the different staff members and whatever time it takes, I will give that time into those situations. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about weddings and funerals and those sorts of things, but one of the important things you do, Liz, is when you turn up at a property like that and you've got time with uh, various family or staff, uh, it's just being a listening ear, uh, a confidential uh, person to talk to, which actually is one of the most important things, isn't it? Very much a listening ear. It's just an amazing thing just to sit and listen and then impart what I'm hearing in the spirit that will bring the answers to those ones in greatest need. And I'd just like to say to those listeners out there today that um, are feeling in a quite a deep, dark place, um, give me a call and let me know when I'm in your district, we can catch up. I can make a time with you and we can meet in your region. And uh, it's such a... A privilege to be the confidant of these precious ones in the bush, Neil. So give us a general idea. We mentioned because uh, you're going to be driving from uh, Brisbane in Queensland Mm -hmm. and you're heading west. I'm heading north first, just for a week. Okay, give us a few an idea of some of the towns and communities so that if there are listeners in those communities, they might be able to actually set up a time with you. What sort of Well, very much on my heart is the area around Longreach, Winton, Prairie, um, all that region out there that I uh, have missed out on summer rain. Uh, and I will learn as I go where the greatest needs are, even west of Charters Towers, up in North Queensland. I know there's a lot of properties on the market for sale and these things bring their own um, challenges for the people. There are people out there on the land that are fourth and fifth generation that are facing forced sales and that brings its own set of pain and and um, and just soul searching. And what am I going to do next? And uh, because I've been through many of the things that they are facing, I do understand, and I can share with them how God met me in those places and carried me through. It's interesting, and I've not thought of this before, but when you do see properties for sale, sometimes there's a story behind that for sale, uh, which is not just somebody, uh, you know, uh, crunching the numbers and thinking we can make a profit on the sale of this property. Sometimes it's a tragic story. Sometimes it's a really tough story that a family, uh, those owners have gone through and and they may not be wanting to sell that property. It might have been in the in the family for generation after generation. Very, very hard times. And those particular ones, they see themselves as the one that failed, even though it may or may not have been their fault because of the dry years. They just happen to be the ones that are there, fourth and fifth generation. And there's a degree of shame attached to that. They think they're a failure, but they're not a failure. They're just a victim of circumstances in many situations. One story I heard was a man 
who was um, being threatened to be dragged off his property. And he said, if they drag me off this property, I've got my tree picked out. And that really touched my heart. If I can find even one of those ones, um, I will feel like I've reached, you know, it's been very important to God's heart. Liz, I imagine there's quite a need for a whole lot more Liz Howlands to be out on the road doing something similar to what you do. And you've been doing this now for many, many years. But uh, I imagine there's there's quite a need for not just yourself, but for others to actually get inspired by the sort of ministry that you do because it's so, so important. There is a great need. But the thing is, when you have the same background, you can meet people on that level where they're at, you, they don't have to explain things to you and they find that um, very uh, comfortable. And But there's many other different facets of services in God that people can be uh, useful in. I just heard an ad on the radio here uh, before I started, which was for people that will volunteer to help uh, people free of charge on these properties, and that's a great need in some areas. And I've heard wonderful stories about those things. Now, there'll no doubt be some more discussion about some of the hardships that people on the land are facing, people in the outback in isolated communities are facing. But it's not all uh, It's not all sombre. It's not all solemn. Uh, there are some pretty exciting things that happen in outback communities too. And we, when we talk about weddings, we're talking about major family celebrations. Uh, and, 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 of course, when we talk about uh, baptisms, uh, those sorts of things, major family celebrations too. I just love it when we have informal, these informal events. Uh, one wedding that I did uh, was at Tomb Pine in the Red Dirt. The uh, people at the hotel, Daxi and Jonesy, provided all of the food. We had the service out in the dirt outside the hall, and uh, the whole district came. The whole district contributed, and friends and family, and including me, we decorated the hall for the reception. We had the service out in the red dirt and happened to be grand final um, rugby league grand final. And so we adjourned between this. We got the service in before the rugby league grand final started. Then we all adjourned to watch the footy on the TV, which was a black and white, about 20-inch set (laughs) over in the hotel. And then we all came over and everyone pitched in and we served the beautiful meal and they had just the most wonderful wedding day. What's the best time of day to have a wedding in the outback when you are, as you say, uh, outside the hall? Because I imagine the hall's not quite big enough to get everybody in who turns up from the whole district to, to see this family celebration. What's the best time of day? Because sometimes I imagine, depending on the time of year, it's too hot to be there in the mid-afternoon. Uh, you Do they delay these things to sunset? How, do, how does it all work? Uh, sometimes with it? it can. You can be very flexible with that. Um, and, and often it's where the sun's going to be for their photos after the service and things like that. So we try and plan that out ahead of time, a day or so before, to see where the good photo opportunities are going to be. And uh, But it's just like everyone pitches in, which is the beauty of these events. What about when you're at one of those outback weddings uh, and you're outside and uh, and you've got everyone, I imagine, doing the great Australian salute? These flies... Uh, is that ever an issue? Absolutely. <laughs> Plenty of air regard. 
Yes. <laughs> and, and I can imagine you standing there, I, and sometimes I'm sure under a nearby tree or uh, in a setting where there's some sort of shade, because if you're the... Uh, the minister who's presiding, somehow or other they've got to give a little bit of shade for you because you can't afford to faint during the service. Uh, that would be an issue for some, wouldn't it? Well, I have had someone hold an umbrella um, whilst I was speaking, but we usually pick a spot where there's is shade, where there's a nice shady tree and uh, everyone can be more comfortable. And how's the atmosphere at those weddings? Uh, I imagine that there's a certain informality about it. Everybody's turning up and... You know, sometimes we think about Sunday best, and that's not a terminology we use in the city so much. But in the bush, when there's a special gathering, uh, people do dress a little oh, bit differently do. to their to their regular day-to-day address. They do. They dress up. People in the bush know how to dress up. They love a celebration. They love, you know, their lives are fairly challenging at times, and they love to have an opportunity to dress up and to celebrate. Okay, now we've got weddings and we've got things like baptisms. You turn up and if you're running a baptism, now it could be a baptism for older adult believers. Uh, Sometimes you're going to be asked to do a christening for babies and sometimes depending on denominations, it's either a christening or it's a baby dedication. I imagine you have to say, well, I'm going to put aside my denominational flavor here and I'm going to have to to preside over this in a way that will be appropriate for the family. How How do you manage all of those sorts of ideas? Neil, that's a very important thing, very important point for people in the bush. Denominational labels have to just be put aside because there's no room for them out there. The people in isolated areas, they know a real faith when they see it. They relate to it. And I love to um, accommodate uh, how they would like it done. One particular family they'd invited, uh, the whole district, there's over 100 people at this baby dedication in a beautiful garden setting. They happened to have a Lutheran background, and they had a a font there that they'd... uh, been given or they'd bought from that their grandparents had um, donated to a Lutheran church. So they wanted to use the font for the baby uh, dedication. And it was just so beautiful to just see all these people so relaxed. We had music, we had a message, and we dedicated or baptized uh, this little baby. And the presence of God was truly rich over everyone there. The mum and dad even had tears running down their face as the presence of God touched their little child. And when you're in the outback, I mean, sometimes we want to compare these things to what people do in the city these days, but you have a baby dedication or a christening and you have the parents there. And as you, you're reflecting, parents taking this very seriously that we have a baby dedication, a, a christening for our child, and the idea of godparents and those sorts of things, these things become a real community event too, don't they? People from neighbouring properties or relatives that are visiting for uh, you know the first time for a long time, they become very much involved in the, in the community setting for a, 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 uh, for a child's dedication. Yes, they do. Uh, one particular one that comes to mind that I did, because sometimes these events go on for hours, we have it, the service usually in the morning, then we have lunch, and then um, everyone just stays around. And even it's even up until um, late in the afternoon. Some even stay overnight, and they just continue just to 
mix and mingle and have lovely conversations and that's an opportunity for me to get to know these people individually and have a quiet prayer with some of them and make arrangements to go and visit them on their property. But one such occasion, um, I met this young woman and I just happened to say, look, would you read this word letter that I send out with Word for Today? I just want to see if it's understandable and readable to um, the people that it goes to in the bush. And she uh, read it and she said, oh, you do baby uh, baptisms? And I said, yes, I do. Well, she said, we'd love you to baptize our son. So she and I organized it and for some months in the in the future, but her husband wasn't in the loop with this. So when I arrived at the property an hour beforehand, I could see he was very edgy and agitated. What's this woman going to say? You know, um, am I going, you know, we don't, I don't even know her. So I usually try and really include the fathers in it because they are very important role models to their children. So I quietly went into another room and I just said to him, this is the outline, this is what I'm planning to say. Is this okay with you? Well, you just saw all the tension just leave him. Um, but the thing was they told this little child who was four that um, I was going to smear cow manure all over him. <laughs> and so he was giving me a very wide berth um, and, and I had to build a relationship with him yep. really quickly um, so I could catch him to dedicate yep. him. So, um, But that just went off so well. And, and the men there, they really heard and listened to what I was saying about fatherhood and parenthood. And after that, I said, I have a box of Angus Buchan devotionals here for you men. Who's going to be the first one that'll step up and take one? I'm, they're there. I'm freely giving. Who's going to be the first? And they emptied that box of Angus Buchan word for de- uh, devotionals. And, of course, he was the guy who was featured as the uh, uh, the subject of the movie Faith Like Potatoes. That's correct. And uh, is a tremendous minister of the gospel and a great role model for men. Uh, very good to be able to give those sorts of things away because this is one of the things that you do when you arrive in these isolated properties. Your car is loaded up with boxes full of wonderful resources. And I know you use the word for today, uh, but also, obviously, these other sorts of books that really do make an impact on people's lives. Well, this year my car is very loaded with the most wonderful resources. One of the greatest needs I come across is uh, unprocessed grief. And I carry some amazing resources that will help people make sense of their loss and even work them through it and walk them through it and pray with them and bring understanding to the process of grief. I have some amazing men's books. Ian Watto Watson uh, books are just wonderful uh, for the men. Um, Angus Buchan books. And this year I'm particularly focusing on books for men experiencing depression, depression in families, um, for women that have a loved one that they're concerned about or men that have a loved one that they're concerned about. And they have, they're freely given. I have them the whole of the back of my uh, four wheel drive with the seat down are all there for them to help themselves too. And Liz, when you turn up at a property, and uh, as we were saying, not always uh, things going so well, uh, sometimes finances very, very tight. Sometimes uh, the families had to tighten their belt so much there's just no room for luxuries. Uh, you actually have uh, in hand a whole bunch of gift cards and at your discretion uh, where there's something needed and for some maybe some special luxury that makes a difference, uh, you like to be able to contribute to a family. That's been a really key thing um, for the people in the bush 
is to just have that quietly and discreetly handed to them, not knowing what their circumstances are. But the Holy Spirit just prompts me and says, really need to sew one in here. And um, it just the responses is just beyond my understanding, really, what that $100 gift card does for these precious ones. It meant Christmas last year for some people. It meant no Christmas or Christmas, and that gift card put Christmas lunch on the table or a little Christmas gift for their children. Well, it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? I want to invite our listeners to join in our conversation today, and you might be living in a regional community, a regional town. You might be listening to us from a property in the outback of Australia. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what happens when you've got a wedding to plan, or when you've got a baby dedication or uh, or some sort of a baptism, uh, when you've got a funeral or a memorial that you'd like to hold and there is just no minister of the gospel available. Give us a call and maybe make your contribution to our conversation today. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-316-316. 1-800-316-316. Liz Howland is our guest from Ray of Hope Ministries. Liz, let's talk about some of the more solemn things that happen because you can't always be there when someone dies, although I'm sure you've probably arrived uh, timely uh, in a timely fashion when that's happened, but uh, sometimes uh, that grief can continue when someone dies. Uh, they have some sort of a funeral service and it may not be with the minister, and then you're called out to be part of a memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that all work with funerals when you're involved in those? Well, that's a double question. I've done a lot of funerals um, and some in very tragic situations. One was a graveside funeral for an 18-year-old boy who died from too much alcohol. And um, there was 300 sobbing young people around about that graveside. And I was able to reach them right where they were at when they were really thinking about life and thinking, you know, how it relates to them and what it means to them. But they couldn't bring this young man back that they loved so much. But it made them rethink their life. And I noticed as I um, exhorted them not to drown their sorrows that afternoon, but to just be circumspect with their drinking because we didn't want any more fatalities on the road that afternoon. And I know that what I spoke into those young lives that day impacted them. Something so sobering isn't there about a funeral because when we lose a loved one, it's almost uh, for a, a glimmer, for a moment, Uh, We're seeing reality and we're aware of our own mortality. And sometimes if we haven't got the right person who's reflecting on those things at the right time uh, with an idea of what it is to be in eternity uh, when we die, uh, then we can be missing something so, so important in our understanding of what's going on. And I imagine that when you're around and you're leading a memorial or a funeral, uh, then and when there's no other ministers around that can do that, uh, you're in the right place at the right time to bring a word of truth and life when people are in grief. Absolutely, and I take that as a great honour and a privilege. I did one recently for a young man. We'd walked with him through a battle with cancer for over two years, and we did a memorial service up in the central Queensland area right on top of the big floods up there and uh, only just got into Rockhampton and then the uh, the airport was closed. And But this was on a property, and it was so powerful and meaningful to his parents who were in such a depth of grief. He was only in his 40s, this young man, and very much loved. He was a young man that I'd met 
uh, several years ago when he was in a very deep, dark place and he had given his heart to the Lord and he had walked on. And uh, he was a trophy of grace. He was the most amazing young man, left a great gap um, in the community in which he lived. But that was such a comforting service to his parents and all of the people that had been closest to him. And uh, it was just a powerful day. And uh, a man uh, at that service later came to the Lord because he hadn't heard Christianity presented in such a way. What happens when someone dies out on an isolated property? I imagine they're airlifted out. They airlift the body out and uh, take it to uh, whatever nearby town. Uh, those who are left on the property uh, could be family members, could be all of those staff that we're talking about, a, a community that's, uh, that's left there. Um, what does happen when someone, someone dies on a, on a property and, uh, and how do they process the grief issues and that sort of thing, Liz? You know, often after a funeral... There's a lot of attention around people, say, for before the funeral and for a couple of weeks after. But after that is when the rubber truly hits the road, when the grieving ones are left to their own devices and are left to pick up the pieces of their life, especially when they've been predeceased by a child. That is one something that is unimaginable to me because I've never experienced that. But I have great friends that have. And just for them to begin to live again, for life and hope to come back into them and how are we going to live without this one and have a meaningful life is a huge mountain for them to come across. And that's when the phone calls of friends and the love of friends and the nurture of those around above about them can be so meaningful. And I imagine that that's when you're arriving just at the right time uh, because these sorts of issues are going on in people's lives left, right and centre. And so arriving to offer your words of encouragement can be really, really significant. It is so very significant. One situation, I felt to make a phone call to a family. I couldn't leave this country town until I'd made a phone call to this family and I just said, I just ringing to see how you're all travelling out there and they said, well, not very well, actually. Um, our daughter was uh, driving a, learning to drive a front-end loader and her boyfriend was teaching her and she accidentally pulled the wrong lever and it uh, landed on him and crushed him and he died in her arms three hours later just as the aerial ambulance landed. And that young woman was in a very um, deep uh, situation. Liz, we'll have to cut in here and we'll continue our conversation after Vision National News. Uh, we'll also take calls at the beginning of the next hour after the news. Liz Howland, our guest. There is a website for Ray of Hope Ministries. Just simply go to lizhowland.com. And we've been talking about weddings, uh, we've been talking about funerals, and Liz, I think it would be good for us to take some calls. Uh, we've got some who are waiting on the line and have been very patient. Let's take a call from Diane in New South Wales. Hello, Diane. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Thank you for being... Thank you for my patience. Um, I've found that uh, this reminds me what you were talking about, about the early settlers and all the hardships. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and all the, not only did they come to a new land and have all those hardships, but the settling and establishing properties and being isolated and being away from their their usual outfit and trying to find a church, trying to find themselves, trying to find discover everything in life that would um, 
would be um, fruitful for them. And some of them were successful and some of them, the hardship was too much for them. Like the way of the Never Never story where the, that city lady ended up in the rural outback and had to learn the hardships of life and everything like that. Oh, Diane, so uh, just a wonderful uh, comment to make and talking about you know the comparison of what... Uh, some ministers, like Liz Howland, is doing. It's uh, you know, it's that same needs that would have been there as it was with the early settlers. So your thoughts for for Diane, Liz? Diane, the people, you know, in a lot of these isolated areas, um, a lot of them largely uh, post-war Christianity. They haven't seen a need uh, for Christ in their lives. But these last few years have brought people to a place where they know. Even with their own best efforts, they're unable to um, manage the situation they're in. And it's at that time that they're willing and able to look for um, anything that will help sustain them, that will give them wisdom and give them um, hope for their future. Mm. Hopelessness is a huge thing uh, in a lot of hearts and minds in those regions. And so... Um, there's an openness now, and the reason I'm so passionate about going out there is because of what I've been through in my life, and I understand the reality of how God can pluck you out of the Maori clay and set your feet upon a stable place. And so that is why I'm out there amongst these precious ones. Yes. Diane, thank you so much for your call. Diane from New South Wales. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Shelby is in Sunnybank in Queensland. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello, Hello, Neil. Hello, Liz. Hello. What are your thoughts, Shelby? Yeah, Yeah, buddy, um, I had a wonderful thing happen not long ago. Um, I was at a funeral of a very good friend, and he was well-liked. He was in his 90s, and uh, he was so well-liked. He did so much for the community. Um, And... um, during the service and towards the end, um, and you know, there's a lot of people uh, feeling it um, with with Jim. He um, he actually did a, a sort of like an altar call. He asked if anyone you know wanted to give themselves to to the Lord, um, you know, to come and see him because it was towards the end of the thing. He did it so beautifully, brought it in so so gracefully, and um, uh, I'm not too certain whether there was anyone that did you know go see him, but it was beautiful to see that uh, at a time like that with grief, um, people might be thinking very serious uh, uh, about their life and so on. Great um, thoughts, Shelby. Let's get a thought from Liz. Do you have an altar call when you're at a funeral or even a wedding? Uh, how does it all work? Shelby, what you've just said really floats my boat. I really believe there's no greater opportunity to invite the comfort of Christ around about a human life than at a funeral. And often if they wouldn't step forward in that funeral, you can bet your boots that afterwards they'll um, come up to you and want to know what you're talking about. And in those situations, I have led many to the Lord, and I greatly believe in presenting the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ as part of a funeral service because if you haven't told them, well, we've got that blood on our hands. Thank you so much to Shelby for your insight today. Let's take another call, an anonymous caller. Hello, anonymous caller. Welcome along. Good morning. Hi there. What are your thoughts? Look, um, I've been listening to uh, Liz's um, work and interviews and testimonies, which is precious. And um, I come from a family that's 
reasonably far flung um, and many rural but not all and where had a deep well of grief in our family that um, um, is very, very difficult to bridge. And I'm um, looking at a, a um, Good News Bible as I speak, and it's open at um, Isaiah 31, and just above um, verse 6, there's a picture of a bird in a nest of a tree um, with birds, like little birds in the nest. And I once worked for um, a company that had a symbol very like that as a logo on one of their products or several of their products. And I had to help do it, in all, in all honesty, for some products. And there's... There's a whole story to me about a beautiful home, God looking after the home and people in it. But now we've got people far flung and some we're not in touch with as it ought to be. And and we've got a grief situation occurring. Well, and let's I'm talk about that and get some thoughts from Liz. When you've got a an issue where there's grief uh, in a family and people who are living in perhaps uh, different isolated outback communities, uh, sometimes that grief can be broken because the Christian ministry, the Christian message has a powerful, powerful impact when we are going through those things. Your advice and your in uh, your insights for our caller. Uh, the Spirit of God knows no distance, dear. And as you pray passionately and ask God to break that spirit of grief off your loved ones, get some strong Christian prayerful people alongside you and ask them to pray with you to break that spirit of grief and to give you insight into each and every individual person and to show you how to pray individually for those far-flung family members I know that you'll see some results. But if you wanted to call me um, privately, um, you can get my phone number from Vision and uh, I would speak to you and pray with you on the phone. And, of course, uh, that website, LizHowland.com, there'll also be a link there where you can be as make contact with Liz as well. Thank you so much to that caller. Uh, we are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Leanne is in rural Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Leanne. Welcome along. Hi. It's, uh, how are you going, Liz? Well, how are you going? I'm good. I was just uh, wanted to encourage you. Um, I was a young girl who grew up in the outback, and um, we used to have Outback Aerial Mission come and fly in, and what a great encouragement it was to us. Often we were praying to God to send someone along. I know when we just become Christians, um, we were praying to, for God to someone send someone to us to teach us about God, and um, the plane came in, and it was amazing. And I just want to encourage you to keep going and tell people about Jesus because it certainly changed our family's life. Oh, thank you so much, Leanne. Do you know that um, there's so much wonderful... Um, I carry um, not only Bibles and books on all manner of topics, but I also carry uh, study books called Successful Living Series. 
Uh, and I give these to people and they can do a Bible study on their own property or in their own home and truly grow in the ways of God. Not only that, one of the greatest tools is every three months I send out a little booklet called Word for Today that you would probably know. Um, if you would like one, just inbox me on my website. Um, and uh, that little booklet sustains people. People write in and or ring me and say that there was just one sentence in that little booklet that really spoke to me today and just changed my day. And so it's ongoing spiritual food um, for those beautiful people that are in those isolated regions. So thank you so much for your call. Leanne from Rural Mackay, thank you so much for being a part of 2020 today. We'll probably need to put a line under those calls for now because we want to actually listen to a song that uh, you've found is so, so impactful. Uh, This is a song by Robin Mark. It's called Not By Might. What's the story behind this song? The story behind this song is when the Lord was... um imparting to me the vision of what he wanted me to do. I sung this song over our nation for five years before I began to get on this travelling to the outback. And everywhere I taught this song, there was miracles happened. Um, in in northwestern New South Wales, in a church service, a church miraculously came back together as I ministered to a pastor who was in a very dark place, uh, I've seen indigenous tribes come together, 12 indigenous tribes, and ask for forgiveness from one another for the atrocities that they committed upon one another. And everywhere this song goes out across the airways in our nation, it's accompanied by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I pray it'll be such a great blessing to you all today. Well, we're about to play this song, and am I right in suggesting that this may be, for people who've been relating to some of the things that you've been saying about grief and those divisions, those sometimes those deep wounds that can happen in families and separating uh, communities, and this song has a very powerful influence. Is this a moment where we ought to perhaps uh, pause Uh, listen to the words, sing along if you can, uh, and uh, to just expect something in a relationship uh, reset with God himself. Is this what we should expect? I would say just put down whatever you're doing and sit quietly before the Lord and allow him to minister to you, but to also see this song going across our nation. I don't often say this, but this might be an opportunity to turn up the radio. This is Robin Mark. We'll talk about it after we listen to the words and the sentiments in this song. It's called Not By Might.
this land till every man praises your name once more. Oh Lord, we need you to flow. There's so many hurting people in this place, Lord. There's so many hurting people in this land, Lord. There are people who cannot make sense of what they've experienced. They cannot understand why they've experienced, Lord. And only you, only you with the comfort and power of your Holy Spirit can make sense. Lord, can give a peace that passes understanding, a peace that is better than knowledge. Lord, we thank you that there is no one else like you. Come and flow through this land. through this land. Lead us in prayer, because I know there's some things heavy on your heart that that song brings to the fore. Oh, Lord God, we ask that you would flow through this land, Father God, till every man would know you once more, Lord God, right across our nation, Lord God. I pray right now that you will reveal yourself, Father God, individually to people, Lord God, as they think upon and ponder on this song, Lord God, that you would minister healing, you would minister hope, you would minister restoration, you would minister deep, deep peace, which passeth, passeth all understanding, it deep into hearts and souls this day, Lord God, bringing hope and comfort. In Jesus' name, amen. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Pastor Liz Howland has been our guest over this past hour. Uh, Time is running out, Liz, Uh, but you're going to be embarking on a three-month visit to the Outback and you'll be travelling across Queensland and into the Northern Territory. Uh, You've got a sort of a program worked out, but tell me how you actually, uh, how that three months is likely to unfold. It's Neil, every year, um, as per the download that I received from the Lord way back in 2001, he said, pitch your tent at Dolby and wait upon me and I will tell you which roads to go down. So I pitch my tent and I wait and I don't move until I've got a clear directive to the first region he wants to send me to. I ask for the areas, the regions that are where the greatest needs are uh, where the greatest uh, hardship is at the moment. And according to that, that's where I set my sail towards that that place. You mentioned that you might end up in places like Longreach and Winton and Prairie and uh, that you'll probably end up crossing the border up into the Northern Territory. It is oftentimes one of those things if people contact you and say, you know, we've got a wedding or we've got a, a memorial service, we need to have a special church service uh, for people who are a part of our isolated community, then you would like to know about those sorts of things in advance. does help with your planning. But as uh, you say, once you've pitched your tent, if you're not sure where to go, you'll wait 
for some direction from God uh, to speak through uh, however he speaks to you in the, by the Holy Spirit to actually say, go this way, go that way. Uh, so you'd like to hear from people. Yes, I would. If you're listening out there today and you'd like an informal church service on your property or in a small country town anywhere um, in that central western area in particular that I know that I'm definitely going into this year, just please get in touch and uh, we can talk about it and uh, I can give you some idea of what it might look like. Here's a website for you to easily make contact with Liz Howland. It's lizhowland.com. LizHowland.com, that's her website for Ray of Hope Ministries, LizHowland.com. And I'm sure uh, partners along the way, uh, people who might like to make a contribution by way of uh, gifts, obviously it costs uh, dollars for uh, petrol and uh, accommodation and whatever you might need for your journeys and uh, just keeping you afloat is one of those things that's going to be very important over these coming times and even to get some dollars into those gift cards that you give to people who are in dire circumstances that you come across in isolated communities. Liz, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today, pointing people to lizhowland.com. Liz, thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.